You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Veach Season, your favorite Chiefs draft podcast that you are just now learning to fall in love with. We are in a little bit in the courting phase over the last couple of weeks, but I really hope that we've kind of staked our claim in a nice little chunk of positioning your heart, and we're really about ready to meet the parents, hopefully, and you're ready to take us home and turn us on and say, Mom, Dad, we found this podcast that really, really speaks to us, and we, we really want you to meet them. Um Today, we are super privileged and, and, and excited to have two more of our homies from uh, Arrowhead Pride with us. You know, we have uh, we have Zach Gunter and uh, and Connor Helm with us. And thank you so much for being with us today, gentlemen. You guys are super awesome, intelligent, smart draft guys with great insight. And I can't wait to get your feedback on some of the, the stuff that's gone over this week. I mean, this has just been kind of a bananas week, you know, because we are at the juxtaposition right now where free agency and draft are kind of coming to a precipice and it's, it's, it's silly season. Like do not believe a single thing that you hear one moment. You're going to hear Brett Veach say, we're good with our wide receivers. We just want to re-sign Juju. And we think that Kadarius Tony's actually our wide receiver one. And then the very next moment you're going to hear, the Chiefs are all in on OBJ, and they might give him $20 million a year. I do not think the Chiefs are going to give OBJ $20 million a year, but that just goes to show you, believe nothing you hear. Chiefs Kingdom, they are lying to you. They have so much to gain by just throwing BS out there and trying to deceive people. But that being said, uh, Connor, how you doing today, man? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about the draft. Tomorrow is the start of the tampering period, so we're going to see a bunch of things going on. Um, I'm excited to get this rolling and get this offseason rolling. Awesome, awesome. Zach, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Great to finally be on a podcast again. Hey, buddy. Hopefully this is the first of many, many, many times. And then I can't – I'd be remiss if I did not say what's up to my numero dos amigo – Price Carter, Price Baby, how you doing today, man? I, I would like to start off the podcast by acknowledging the fact that I'm still not over the legal tampering penalty that the Chiefs had to pay over Jeremy Macklin. I've never, I've, I've, I, I still want that pick back, man. What a load of horse, horse crap! Seriously, like everyone tampers. It's happening all the time. What they must have done was so egregious to get that pick taken away from them. I will never understand. But I just wanted to die on that hill one more time. I know, especially because it was a third-round pick. We're not talking like yeah. it was a compensatory pick or a fifth-round pick. They took a third-rounder. They took a top 100 pick away from us. How many cheeseburgers did did, and, did Jeremy Macklin eat with Andy Reid yeah, prior and, to meeting with us? And I think, like, if I remember right, every single human knew that Jeremy Macklin was going to the Chiefs. Like, it just made too much sense. He was on Andy's Chiefs. That was the year after the Chiefs didn't have a wide receiver score a touchdown. Every Everyone and their brother knew he was going there. So, played I, it must do. yeah, yeah, like it just made so much sense. So, 
Oh, well, I, I'm not over it, but I have moved on. The soup, I'll dry my tears with Super Bowl merch. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we'll we'll dry our tears with the gold and diamond of our rings. You know, um, anyway, so last last week, I assume everybody who's listening to this podcast listened to last week's episode. If you haven't, pause right now. Go back, listen to the entire hour episode from last week before you listen any further in this week because Chiefs Kingdom, we are now the unofficial Hillary Duff uh, uh chiefs kingdom draft podcast and so you know i don't know what what hillary duff fans call themselves if there is a group you know if they're if they're like if they're believers like that if they call themselves duff files duffers duffies you know duffingtons um I'm, let's throw it around the, around the room real quick uh connor what do you think that uh, hillary duff fans should call themselves i like uh i like duffers mm, duffers yeah we're a couple of real duffers on this on this sure, show we're yeah, Zach, what do you think about Duffers? You got something better? I, I don't know if I have anything better than that. No, I like it. All right, we got two votes for Duffers. Uh, Price, bring us home. Are we Duffers or are we something else? Uh, you can just call yourself Price Carter. I think I think that's the best best name for a large Hillary Duff fan. Just call yourself Price Carter. <laughs> that's, that's what I call myself, at least. I'm looking. Oh. I'm looking. There's no good website or anything. I, I was hoping that there'd be a really good Hillary Duff fan club website, but... She's not really making any content anymore other than just, you know, existing. So she's on How I Met Your Father on Hulu, right? This is news to me, but apparently yeah. I have a, new, a new show to watch. Yeah, she's on the uh, How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father. She's like the main person, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of which, did you guys see that she got a new haircut? She did get a new haircut. That's the Hillary Duff news of the week. Bam, bam, bam. Bold letters, Hillary Duff news of the week. She got a new haircut. What do you think of that new haircut, Price? Well, to you know, stick with the draft comparisons, she's flying up the boards, man. Like we're talking Anthony Richardson at the combine level of potential here. We're talking about traits, upside. There, there's there's so much potential here. So, you know, just just flying up the boards. I'm gonna tweet out the picture of it after we record here so that everybody can see it. So in case you don't know, she got a beautiful little flip out bob cut. It's much shorter than she normally has. Really, really kind of frames her face nicely. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Zach? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good haircut. All right, look at that. Official, official beauty advice aficionado of Arrowhead Pride, Zach Gunter, coming Absolutely. through with the fire of. <laughs> It is a good haircut. All right, Connor, what you got, bro? Bobs are in. Bobs are hot. Bobs are like mobile quarterbacks. They're rising the draft boards. Get it short. Get it looking good. You know, draft season. Bobs are in. If Anthony Richardson was a haircut, it would be Hillary Duff's Bob haircut. Absolutely. You guys heard that here first. Okay. That is our Hillary Duff news of the week. Tune in next week for more Hillary Duff news of the week on the official um, Chiefs Kingdom, Hillary Duff Draft Podcast. Okay, so let's get back to some draft talk, boys. Okay, so we are talking this week. There's the Chiefs need pass rushers. The Chiefs need to be able to, to increase pressure on the quarterback. They were a lot better last year. You know, Chris Jones had a career year. Fierce George really came through. Frank Clark was playoff Frank, but Frank Clark's not there anymore. We really kind of need somebody to replace the production on the other side of the edge um, that Frank Clark and... Uh, and Carlos Dunlap were giving us. And so there's a rumor out there that Zadarius Smith is not happy in Minnesota and is asking to be released. And of course, Minnesota said, no, thank you. We got you on the cheap because you were coming off an injury and we still have you for cheap next year. 
and I think even a year after that. And so you're going to play out your contract with us. But if there is a situation that comes up, they may be willing to trade for him because he's a disgruntled player. Uh, Price, are you interested in Zadarius Smith? And do you think that the uh, the Vikings are going to oblige? Yeah, I, I don't really – I haven't examined his cap situation enough to be for sure if it's really a win for the Vikings to let him go. I do know they've kind of been up against it here a little bit as far as the cap goes. But the Chiefs definitely have a need. I think even if you have the Chiefs taking maybe one or two edge players high or maybe doing something in free agency, they still do kind of need that Frank Clark role, um, a veteran who can come in and kind of just be a pass rush exclusive. In fact, the Chiefs had two of those this year with Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark. Zadaria Smith might be Mr. Right, but he's not Mr. Right now as long as he costs a pick. I just feel like what he provides, you can get in so many other places without having to give up a draft pick. Um you know, maybe it is Carlos Dunlap comes back. I, he seemed to really enjoy his time here. He's one of the first players to get to hold the trophy. It, it seemed to be a major accomplishment for him. Uh, there, there's a lot of other players that they can get without having to get up a draft pick. With that being said, I did, you know, really want the Chiefs. A lot of people thought they should have went for Zaria Smith instead of Frank Clark originally. And last year, it kind of made some sense for the Chiefs to bring him back. So maybe this is the time that they get it right. But even if it's – and here's the thing. I – I, I refer to most day three picks as kind of a lottery ticket. You just want more of them. It's not a huge deal. So I guess if the Chiefs have to give up a sixth or a seventh to get them, it's not a huge deal. But ultimately, I think you can get that somewhere else. Okay, fair enough. And, you know, if you look at Zedaria Smith's uh, current cap hit, he's looking at he's going to be carrying a cap hit of around $15 million, um, But $3 million of that is dead cap. So what would transfer actually to the new team? It's kind of, it's kind of up in the air. You know, you have to kind of look in the nitty-gritty of the contract. But one thing that they, I heard on the athletic podcast recently, they were talking that in the NFL today, you're basically for production, you're going to be paying about $2 million a sack. Like that's about the price of a sack in the NFL in 2023. And with that being said, so there you Smith, that doubled his sacks last year. So you're looking at a 20 million plus defensive end um, that you're going to be getting for much cheaper. Um, whether or not the Chiefs can swing that, and if they need that is remains to be seen. Uh, Zach, what do you think? I think age is a factor. The fact that he is currently 30 years old and not getting any younger is a concern for me. I do believe that the Chiefs desperately need pass rush, but I think we can find younger, maybe not better, but younger talent in the draft. All right. I'm, I don't disagree with you. Age is a concern, especially with a bad back. Um, the back injuries, I think, are the one thing where nobody who ever hurt their back ever said, my back is better than it was when it got hurt. Speaking to somebody who's had a bad back, once your back gets hurt, it's never the same. Like You're never quite as strong in your back as it was before you got injured. Uh, bring us home on Zadarius Smith, Connor. What's your, what's your thoughts? I think you got to look at the price. If the price is right, <laughs> price, Carter. Uh, you bring him in, but I'm not giving up anything more than a seventh round pick for him. If we have to take on that $15 million cap, it, if he gets released, he'll, uh, the Vikings will only carry on $3 million worth of dead cap. And I think they tw- save $12 million salary cap. So if he gets released and we can take him in on a five, six year, one, two million, uh, one, two year deal. Absolutely. You bring him in rotational pass rusher. I think with, Joe Colon, we're switching more towards a 3-4 with at least one stand-up pass rusher. Um, and that's where kind of Zadarius Smith fits in, where you saw uh, Frank Clark stand up a lot this year. 
Um, so I think we're kind of trending more towards that and the Chiefs are trending more towards that. Um, but it would just have to be at the right price and you can't overpay for a guy who's 31 coming off a of back surgery, you know. It's interesting that you mentioned the uh, transitioning more to kind of like the three down linemen with one guy up because what that does is that opens up a whole new avenue of pass rushers that the Chiefs normally wouldn't have touched in a Steve Spagnuolo defense. Uh, guys who are going to be either too short, too small. Well, I, can, like, I mean, the prototypical guy everybody's going to point to is Nolan Smith, right, in this draft mm-hmm. and say that he's the guy that, that the Chiefs would never touch before. But now if you have him as a stand-up, you know, pass rusher on the outside he's a technically an outside linebacker and edge rusher just yeah just to call it edge because that's what it is like these antiquated titles of defensive end outside linebacker bubble he's an edge rusher right you know and so um yeah that's that's 100 true i could totally see that that happening um there's a lot of news this week guys a lot of things coming out this has been kind of a whirlwind of a week um we mentioned a little bit, we've mentioned multiple times before, um, I think even on this podcast once before, Odell Beckham Jr., his knee's better, you know, it seems like every six months there's some sort of Odell Beckham Jr. to the Chiefs smoke that comes up on our timelines. Um, is this one different? They said that he wants, the rumor is that he wants $20 million a year. I don't think that the Chiefs give $20 million a year to Odell Beckham Jr., no matter what. I do think that Brett Veach has a crush in total hard eyes for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I what was it last year before uh, free agency and the draft? He was talking about the type of players that he would go for. And he just like like un unprovoked, he brought up Odell Beckham Jr. as the type of wide receiver that the Chiefs were looking for. Um, so I think that that Veach wants him on the team, but I don't know at what price, not at 20. Like there's a rumor is $20 million, not at $20 million. I don't think Veach, no matter how much Veach loves you, he doesn't love you like that. Like that's like, he doesn't love his own kids for $20 million. I don't think. Um, so price, what do you think? End of the day, what's going on with Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, I think there's two things that kind of need to be put to bed a little bit with Odell Beckham Jr. before you can really analyze the player. One of them is is that he hasn't mattered or hasn't really been productive in a while. I think when you look back at what he did with the Rams, he was a good player and definitively put that offense in a position to help win the Super Bowl. Him leaving that game was a big loss for that team and the Super Bowl, but he had already I mean he had scored a touchdown in that game. He was a big part of what got that offense back on track after they lost Robert Woods. He played on a run-heavy team with a bad quarterback that's looking for a job now with the Browns before. That was kind of not up to him. He got traded there. I think the other thing is, is Odell Beckham Jr. a, a clubhouse cancer? I This is something that you see pretty often. I There's a little smoke there, right? Like the kind of the way that he wanted out of the Browns. I don't think he's low maintenance, we'll put it that way. But I'm not sure he's a clubhouse cancer. And I think winning is kind of the ultimate cure for that. Ultimately, here's what I think. I think the Chiefs have a role that needs filled, and it's that Juju Smith-Schuster role. I think that they need another veteran, someone who can come in and eat up the space that Travis Kelsey creates while Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, maybe another rookie wide receiver develop, and then Marquez Valdez runs down and touch the goalpost and come back every time. That's a need for them. Whoever they think fills that role best at the best cost is what it's going to be. Is it DeAndre Hopkins? Is it Odo Beckham Jr.? Is it... Juju Smith-Schuster. All those players are kind of come to mind. I I think that they have someone in mind. Beckham has been someone who can get open man 
versus man. And that's something, one of the few things that the Chiefs did struggle with a little bit. So, yeah, I'd be interested on an incentive-laden, you know, kind of similar Juju Smith-Schuster deal. He'll probably get a little bit more than that just because of the name and everything that he is. But, again, pretty much all analysis you can do of every free agent or trade that's going to come to the Chiefs right now and pretty much as long as Patrick Mahomes plays here, it's going to be, well, if the price is right, if the cost, you know, and that's fair. I, I think that you can certainly do worse than Odell Beckham Jr. I'd kind of rather them do that than go out and give DeAndre Hopkins a new contract if, if those are my choices. So, yeah, I, I'm partially in. I'm halfway in. But I do think he's a player that still, like, I don't think he's this clubhouse cancer or that his, you know, that he's just this washed player or anything like that. I don't think he's a watch player. I mean, you talk about clubhouse cancers, you really got to kind of lean on Andy Reid. And how often do we hear people say, and players specifically, Andy Reid lets his players be like, that's their personality show, right? Like, he's not afraid to, for guys to have a big personality. You look at Travis Kelsey, you look at Chris Jones, you look at Kadarius Tony. These are all guys with kind of big personalities that the Chiefs do not shy away from. Yeah. And it, and it really does help. There's no questions. There's, there is one alpha in that locker room and everyone knows who he is. You got freaking Baker Mayfield shaving in between halftime of a game. Like that was a clown show, man. Patrick freaking Mahomes. Like there, the list of players that can talk trash about Patrick Mahomes right now are zero, zero. That's why everyone talks about his brother. Cause they've got nothing else to say about Patrick Mahomes. So like if Odell Beckham jr. Comes into this locker room, there's no question who the big dog is. So maybe, maybe this is what he needs a place where it's not Eli Manning all washed up and Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield. It's, you know, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Chris Jones, and it's Andy Reid. So where he can come in and be the person that he is and not try to be the leader of the locker room. 100%. And and you hit the nail on the head. Like, he, like Patrick Mahomes is such a perfect player that they have to go after his little brother and his wife to cyber bully them to try to, like, pick him apart because there's nothing you can do to pick apart Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is so good that his own father, who is a professional athlete on a World Series winning team, walked up to him after he won the Super Bowl and said, I have never seen anything like you in my entire life. You are built different. Like when your own father, the guy who raised you, the guy who taught you how to throw your first baseball, right? Before you even played football, the guy who taught you to get interested in sports and kind of raised you up around a clubhouse with, with Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, all these Hall of Famers, all these world-class athletes. And he says, like, I, I am stunned. At, the, at, at who you are as an athlete. I've never seen anything like you in my entire life. Like nobody knows you like your own parents. And if you floor your own parents with your ability, then that is saying something. And so when you, as long as you have number 15, you're right. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, let's throw it over to you, Connor. What do you think, man? Would you, would you roll the dice on OBJ on, on like a Juju Smith Schuster type contract? Or are you confident enough to give them, give them a longer deal? So I've, I've gone back and forth with, obj the last few years because the rumors have always been there this is the first time that i'm actually thinking about it and the one comparison i think of is obj is 30 years old the last time a 30 year old disgruntled wide receiver off of a couple bad years changing teams went to a hall of fame type of wide receiver was randy moss and that is something that I can see happening is OBJ playing with the best quarterback in his life and the best offense in his life. A dude like Andy Reid getting him open, you know, defenses have to pay attention to Travis Kelsey. So he's not going to be the center of the, of the defense. 
the possibilities are endless. So am I giving him $20 million? No, I'd rather have Tyree kill. But if we give him, you know, a $12 million a year contract with some incentives, absolutely. You go after it, give him a two-year contract and see what happens because I think he is the best wide receiver on the market right now. What about something like this? You give him one year, $8 million, and then $500,000 for every touchdown he catches. Absolutely. <laughs> and if he breaks the record, it's, yeah. who cares? Who, who cares? cares? Absolutely. Who cares? All right, Zach, what about you, man? Wrap us up here with the Odell Beckham Jr. talk. What's, what do you got? You know, going into this conversation, I was on the uh, I was on the wagon of I don't even want OBJ anywhere near the Chiefs because I just I mean I th- I felt the same last year, but y'all got me thinking about it, and I agree at the right price I would take him because there's really no one better, and draft picks are. You know, maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. So, yes, he's 30. Yes, he's coming off of a bad knee. But what what else can we do? I mean, our wide receiver core just really isn't all that good right now. Well, and it's going to take 12 weeks for any rookie to learn Andy Reid's offense. We know this is that's just a fact. And so, yeah, maybe they're going to be ready for a playoff run, but they're not going to come and hit the ground running like OBJ. Um, would but speaking of OBJs, the Chiefs had their own OBJ, um, Orlando Brown Jr., who they declined the franchise tag, and then also their starting right tackle, Andrew Wiley, is also a free agent, and then uh, Prince is also a restricted free agent. So the Chiefs currently have one offensive tackle on their roster who's listed as an offensive tackle, and that is um, our good, good old friend, uh. Uh, you know, Lucas Niang, who, who who stays on the field about as often as I would stay on the field if I stepped out on the uh, in Arrowhead Stadium. So, uh, you know, Connor, tell me, what in the HE double hockey sticks are the Chiefs going to do at tackle? I don't think it's Orlando Brown. Um, and I was on the boat of re-signing Orlando Brown, but I think his market has just outchased the, the Chiefs' budget. I think a team like the Bears are going to come in and give him top line money and Brett Veach has shown that he's not going to do that. And I think those conversations happened and Brett Veach said, okay, go find your market, but I don't want to hold that cap space in the, um, the franchise tag. Cause he wants to go do other things. So I can see us going after any one of those uh, tackles that are in free agency, but I think that Brett Veach is actually going to sign a right tackle over a left tackle. And we're going to figure out our left tackle in the draft. So give me a name at a, a right tackle that you think that the Chiefs might go after. I like Mike McGlinchey from uh, the 49ers. Uh, Predigy is there. You know, he was drafted in the, the ninth pick overall back in 2018. He hasn't been amazing, but he's been solid. And I think that's really all you kind of have to look for. And I think with there's so many right tackles on the market right now, I think you might be able to get him for a little bit cheaper of a deal than you'd expect. You know, I would not hate Mike McGlinchey. Um, lining up on the Chiefs offensive line. I think that would be a real steal uh, if the Chiefs could work it out. Um, Zach, how, how would you fix the Chiefs tackle situation currently? Give me some names of some guys that you would look at. Um, going into the draft, I'm looking at left tackles. Um, I mean, honestly, just tackles in general because 
I'm I'm not even happy with our right tackle situation. So I'm looking at people like you know trade up, get Paris Johnson, um, Broderick Jones. I don't know about Anton Harrison, but the two that I named above are the ones that I would absolutely go for. So I was thinking about this actually last night when I was uh, working out. If the Chiefs want to go up and get Paris Johnson Jr., they're probably going to have to go up to about 11, right? Probably to get him. And who's sitting at 11 is, is the Tennessee Titans who just cut Taylor Lewan. So I, so moving up may be more difficult for the Chiefs than they actually want it to be because they got to find a trade partner who themselves isn't looking left tackle at that point. Um, Price, bring us home though, man. So – We've, we've talked about a couple of guys. There's some free agent ideas out there, some trade ideas. What what would you do to fix this left tackle situation? Yeah, so I think what you got to realize here is that no matter what happens, the Chiefs aren't going into this draft needing a particular player. I think that – or a particular player for a particular position. I think that they go into this draft with at least enough role players that they can make it work. Um, this actually kind of rolls into our next activity with the free agency pickups and what we'd like to see a team do. Um Personally, Juwan Taylor is someone that I could really see the Chiefs getting into. First off, what he does well as a pass blocker makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. Also played in Doug Peterson's system, took almost all of his snaps at right tackle. You could probably plug him in and have an upgrade at right tackle over what you had in Andrew Wiley, probably for more money than Andrew Wiley is going to get, but then that problem is solved. I think with the Chiefs system, if you can get away with having four out of your five offensive linemen being rock solid, then you can provide help to that other person. Where the Chiefs kind of got themselves in trouble sometimes is when they asked Orlando Brown to be a standalone and not get chip help and not get help from a back. And then that frees you up. If Juwan Taylor's on the right side, then that frees you up to let the draft board play to you. Maybe it's Anton Harrison. Maybe you try putting Matthew Berdron back at left. Maybe you try... And this is what I would be a bit advocate as well, too, because even if you do sign Jawan Taylor, it's probably going to be 17, 18 million APY. Um, you know, you would probably want to do a two or three year deal where the first couple years are guaranteed and then you can get out after year three. Go ahead and draft a couple of tackles, too. Um, they've, they've talked to some of the more developmental tackles as well. Tyler Steen out of uh, Alabama. There's some people that think that he might end up being a guard. He's a name. Um, Blake Freeland was someone who had a great combine. BYU, strong Andy Reid connection there. Uh, big, long offensive lineman go get him too and you never know like maybe you end up where the where the Seahawks are right now where they drafted both their starting tackles in one draft because they took a developmental guy who had some nice attributes so I definitely think that they just throw the dice a couple of times at this and I also would not rule out an Orlando Brown return I think for looking at the pieces here right there's a little bit of they did they not tag him because they think that the market can come back to him. Maybe this is a little bit like the Lamar Jackson situation, much much more complicated situation with Lamar, quarterback, MVP, etc. But maybe they don't think that what Orlando Brown is asking for is going to come to him. Hence why they didn't tag him because they didn't want to be left holding him without anyone to trade him to because they didn't think they could get more than a third round pick for him. So maybe he does return, in which case you're kind of back to where you started. You still have pick 31. You don't necessarily have to go tackle at that point. You can take edge or maybe even wide receiver, whatever you think is the best on the board. And then that, you know, kind of leaves your options open. So I, I really, having some time to be away from it, I don't feel the situation is as dire as we once felt it was because I think there will be some names. Now, I'll start getting a little bit nervous if, you know, some of these right tackle names like 
McGlinchey that was brought up. Juwan Taylor, they fly off the board. Laramie Tunsil signs and extensions, and it's starting to look a little bit more like the Chiefs might be relying on Andrew Wiley and a drafted left tackle or something. Then it might be a little bit more spoopy. Oh, man. I'm glad that you, you kind of segued into the free agency stuff a little bit. Um, you know, but before we move on, this just ends some breaking news, gentlemen. Sources tell me that the Chiefs are not expected to be in on the Lamar Jackson um, situation, that they are not expected to pursue Lamar Jackson as their quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. A real a real bummer, honestly. I mean, the two-quarterback system, is it's always been so successful. I don't understand why not. <laughs> All right, we so, saw the Texans uh, do it. Yeah, we saw the Texans do it. And so – so a little bit, though, you touched a little bit on kind of Brett Veach's uh, draft philosophy, and I really believe Brett Veach has a very specific draft philosophy, which is do not go into the draft with glaring holes on your roster. Whatever holes you got in your ship, plug them. Plug them with whatever you can get and at least have passable players in those positions because then with his draft board, he'll put players in these pockets. He always talks about pockets of players, right? And he has these different pockets of players that he has – for rounds between rounds X and Y. And then as he goes through the draft, he'll say, okay, who's my best player still available in this pocket. And he can, he doesn't have to draft need because he's already taking care of his need. He can take best player available. Now, if best player available and need match up, which we see it does a lot of the times with the way they play in their draft board, that's great. But his whole entire philosophy is to not pigeonhole himself. I think on draft night, um, so Zach, tell me a little bit. We're going to talk to free agent free agency here. Give me one offensive guy that you'd like to see the Chiefs uh pursue in free agency and what that contract might look like and why. And then also give me a defensive guy as well and kind of tell me the same thing. Well, my offensive guy is a guy that the Chiefs know well, and that's McCole Hardman. I want him back simply because we need wide receivers and he already knows the system. He'll probably be asking for a lot of money, even though he didn't have a standout year last year due to his injuries. So I'm looking at probably three years, 40 million with 30 million guaranteed. Um, As far as defensive goes, uh, we're looking back at um, front end of the defensive line with uh, uh, not front end of the defensive line, but front end of the defense with Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, probably looking at three years, 30 million, 26 million guaranteed. Um, due to the fact he was on the Colts last year, didn't see a whole lot of like he wasn't really that big of a name, but he's still able to produce. All right. Um, so you know, looking at Zach here, man, I think Zach's philosophy on roster building is that he wants speed, nasty ass speed on the football field just straight line go at you Yannick Ngakwe what is what is run support I'm going after the quarterback balls to the wall every single time uh Michael Harvard give me a straight line and just let me try to run past everybody I like it uh Connor wh- wh- who would you go after give me an offensive guy and a defensive guy and what it looks like yeah so I touched on my my offense guy earlier Mike McGlinchey I'll also be fine with uh uh, Caleb McGarry from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I think taking that money that you would have used for Ojo, uh, Orlando Brown and putting it towards a right tackle is a great uh, opportunity for the Chiefs to utilize cap space. And then on defense, I think Marcus Davenport is a great buy low. 
Um, dude was a 14th pick overall by the Saints, had a great couple years, and then is coming off his worst uh, season of his career with only 0.5 sacks. Um, so I think it, you might be able to have an opportunity to kind of do a buy low contract like we did with Juju Smith-Schuster last year um, and get him, you know, on a one-year prove a deal for eight, nine, ten million. I'm all about signing guys who have had past success to rehabbing their 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 popularity and their ability and and getting them in on a low contract where they have to prove themselves and then let them go earn a big contract somewhere else like that's almost like with the juju thing i'd almost love i'd love to see juju back but but not the price that he's gonna want quite frequently we can find another guy who's looking to rehab his who's looking to rehab his image and resurrect his career and find that guy because that's the guy who's going to be hungry that's the guy who probably doesn't have a ring yet either who's going to give you everything you want give you your carlos dunlap type of season your juju smith schuster type of season okay price all right so you already gave us one you gave us your offensive guy so who's your defensive guy yeah so for us offense i i went john taylor um for defense a little sneaky one here that i like ultimately in free agency you know you're going to be overpaying no matter what you're going to be overpaying even more if it comes to a skill player so I kind of like the prospect of adding some players at some more affordable positions. Uh, so with that, I selected Ashawn Robinson. He's a defensive tackle for the Rams. In the last couple of years, he has been one of the best run stuffers in the league. Uh, he's used to playing next to an elite off uh, defensive tackle with Aaron Donald. Uh, he was a huge part of the Rams' success defensively in 2021. He did have an injury that kind of uh, sidelined him for the most of the second part of the season this year. So he's coming off of that, which will also kind of help his value. But still just 25 years old, he's an ascending player who does things very well that the Chiefs really haven't had a player do. Collins Hunters at times could fill that role. Derek Naughty really struggled to fill that role, and that's why Brandon Williams was brought in. You bring in Ashawn Robinson, stick him next to Chris Jones, draft, you know, Mora Jomo or someone like that in the uh, fourth round. You've, you've fixed the interior of the defensive line. So I, I really like that. Also, I'm going to honorable mention Samaj P. Ryan, running back, came from the Bengals. Uh, what he does well makes so much sense for the Jarek McKinnon role, which I think is a role that can stand to be upgraded mckinnon is getting older he definitely wore down a little bit throughout the season if you're really high on isaiah pacheco as a as a prospect and think that he's got you know he's going to continue to grow as a runner they they still have a need for a pass blocking pass catching third down back Pirine was great at that uh he carried a big part of the load for the Bengals this year with mixon kind of fighting some injuries i would love to see him uh with the chiefs i think that you know <laughs> teams love signing team uh players from teams that they're competing with you know like that just that just kind of feels home brand that Samaj P. Ryan would sign with like the Bills or the Chiefs or someone like that that they are competing with the Bengals. Connor, it looks like you got some thoughts on Ashawn Robinson, man. Hit us with them. I like both of those. I love Samaj P. Ryan even more. That's kind of my sleeper running back to fill in. Yeah, doesn't it? It kind of feels like Wes Welker signing with the Broncos and leaving the Patriots, right? Like you know, just like oh, I'm gonna go with this elite quarterback now and everything. So I don't know. He just like he just makes a lot of sense. But who knows? He might get paid. You, you never can tell with these guys. There's always like the Christian Kirk that's like, he got what? For how long? For how much? Yeah. And then there's, you know, the other, there's the other shoe drops. You're like, that guy got that little? Like, how is he just now signing? Ashawn Robinson is also a, a type of player that I, I think fits the Chiefs mold. Um, we have a glaring hole at defense tackle. Colin Saunders is a free agent. Uh, my guy was Deron Payne. Uh, he just signed a huge deal with the, the commanders, but, uh, if we could get someone to fill in for that that second defensive tackle and get some inside pass rush, that'd be great. 
If, honestly, is the thing with Ajon Robinson that's super under undervalued by a lot of people is just his run defense as well. He is he is a great run defender, and if you, if if you're like me, and there's there's probably about what like four or five games a year where it seems like the Chiefs just get gashed up the middle, that that won't happen with Ajon Robinson on the line. So I'd be a, I'd be a big fan of that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So we're going to to turn our attention away from free agency here for a minute and back to the draft. Um, We've we've covered a few different position classes throughout this draft cycle so far. Uh, Price, you've been doing some, some, some research into the safeties into this class. Um, recently, what have you seen in this safeties class? Give me your top three guys and kind of break them down for us. Well, man, it, it, the the combine really provided some clarity for this. Obviously, the combine is just one instance. There'll be some pro days for these players as well. But quite frankly, I'm I'm a little underwhelmed by the safety class as a whole. You have your clear cut guy with Brian Branch. He's definitely going in the first round. Some teams are still thinking about him as a corner, possibly a slot guy as well. I, he's not going to be around if the Chiefs are picking, but man, oh man, if he was, that would be excellent. Uh, after that, you really start looking at players that are coming into specific roles. There is no true guy who could probably come in and make an impact at both free safety or box safety. You're then kind of playing into what does this guy do well and how can he fit into our scheme? Quite a few guys that were highly thought of really struggled testing. Um, Antonio Johnson, Christopher Smith, both those guys, and Jamie Robinson. None of them just really blew me away with the te- uh, the testing. And the more I've looked at them on tape, obviously not a very trained tape tape eye here. Um, I've just I've just not been impressed. And from what I understand, people whose opinions I trust, they're not very impressed either. So with that being said, me and you are pretty rocks, uh, lock solid here. It's going to be Brian Branch for me. I went with Jordan Battle as the second overall prospect in the safety class. I just think like what he offers at the free safety position is something that's defined. He could come in and do it at an NFL level and there's still ascension there. Like there's still a possibility of him growing. Like I felt like kind of one Thornhill probably like what he came in as the NFL was probably his ceiling. I think there's a little bit more there for Jordan battle. Um, I'm not, you know, and I, the one Thornhill comparisons there a little bit with him. And then third, I have Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Um, Again, a defined role, box safety. Uh, I think he could, you know, grow a little bit in coverage. So that's why I have him third overall because he's, you know, you're probably going to go around the third round or late second. But he does so many things well in the box. Great tackler, great athlete, great finisher, um, really brings a violent 
violentness to the position. So those are the three guys I have. But, man, it, it's not a class that really gets you super excited. No, there's not a ton of juice in this uh, safety class, which was really kind of disappointing because there were some really good players last year um, that came out in safety. And one thing that really kind of struck me when I was watching these guys on tape and I was really breaking them down and kind of looking at their stats and, and looking at their game logs and everything, God, these safeties, this class, have missed a lot of tackles. Like they just like like you, you look at their missed tackles, and like three quarters of my swear have eighteen plus missed tackles or fifteen plus missed tackles on the season, and which is the whole reason why I almost put Jordan Battle um, up there. I have him at I had him at number three, but I probably should have put him at number two with you just because he he doesn't miss tackles. His missed tackles were were some of the lowest in the class. Um, I think that when you watch on tape. It's it's not surprising that um, Alabama has a great secondary and has great safety play. I mean, Nick Saban is is known for his for developing you know guys in the secondary, and so that the fact that two of the three best safeties in this class are coming out of Alabama just kind of seems like a duh moment for me at this point. But Brian Branch Branch is by far number one, and I think he's the only one that I would consider you know, making any sort of move to try to like really secure him to be on the Chiefs because otherwise these other guys are going to be good players, but I don't see them as being significant difference makers. Um, Zach, first time on the show, buddy. We haven't heard you talk about any of your prospects that you love in this draft cycle yet. So we're going to give you the floor. Give us three guys in this draft that you love and why. Yeah, a um, couple guys that I love. Of course, I mentioned earlier uh, Paris Johnson Jr., I just really uh, think that the Chiefs are going to need to tackle if we can't secure someone um, in free agency. Paris Johnson is good. Um, moving on, you've got Lucas Van Ness as an edge rusher. You need someone on the edge because, I mean, you lost Frank Clark. So someone's got to take up that position. Which leads me into the third guy who I really like, Adetamwa Adebubare, who uh, I like mostly because I went to high school with him. So, uh, go Hornets. Um, he graduated a year before I did, and he made our team all that much better. Wow. I'm just impressed that you pronounced his last name correctly, and that makes sense because you went to – you went to high school with them, and you guys are probably just chanting that on the sidelines every single Friday night underneath the Friday night lights, baby, bringing home, bringing home the W, baby. That's awesome that you went to high school with them. Uh, listen, I, I think that he is raw, and there's a lot of development that needs to that needs to go on there. But I think that he knocked it out. He probably had the best combine out of any prospect. You know, he raised his stock probably more than any prospect. Um, in the draft and then Lucas Van Ness the, he's one of those guys where he could just he could be a difference maker and he has a lot of development left to do but when you watch him on tape he literally will just ragdoll grown men his like functional strength seems to be out of this world and and just completely different than other players at his level and he played in the Big Ten so um, I'm big on him as well um, all right Connor same thing floor is yours man three guys that get you hot under the collar and this uh, draft cycle, baby. Yeah, I'm going to start off with left tackle Anton Harrison. Um, moves his feet super well. Um, kind of your your prototypical left tackle in the NFL. Able to to get out on speed. Able to hold up against uh, against power rushers. So 
if he can fall to, to 31, that'd be amazing. But he's the type of player that I could see Veach targeting that 23 to 25 range and trading up and jumping over, you know, some of the contenders that are looking for offensive linemen. Um, the next two I'd want more in the second round. Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from uh, Michigan. Dude is Don Terry Poe 2.0. Big, big boy. Uh, 330, 335. Uh, he didn't run at the combine, uh, but he put up the the most amount of uh, bench press. And I'm assuming his his pro days, he's going to run probably in like a 4.8. And at that size, just absurd. Um, and then the next one is uh, hometown kid close to me, uh, USC edge rusher Tuli Tui Polot Tui Poloto Two. That's probably wrong. I'm not like Zach. I realized once I picked him, I was like, I'm gonna have to say that name, and that's a mistake. Uh, but he's uh he's basically Zadarius Smith, but uh 10 years younger. Stand-up edge rusher, can play him all over, Swiss Army knife. He had 13 and a half sacks at USC. Uh kid's a monster. I think he's uh, probably going to be there in the second round. The thing that strikes strikes me about Tuli's game is how smart he plays, and he'll he'll like 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 he he's fast off the snap, but that's not how he beats the defensive the offensive line. A lot of times, he'll be fast off the snap, and then he'll wait to see what they're doing, and then he'll find the gap to shoot and to get and and, and the weak spot and attack it. He is he's one of my guys. I, I I absolutely love him. If I could choose probably an edge rusher out of this class that I think that would make I would just love to watch play over and over again. I think if you get if you get Tui Tui Pulotu um on the Chiefs team and then like if I could do one thing, I would just send him on like a 30 day training camp with Tamba Hali to learn hand fighting and just like, then just, then just go, just, just let him go. And I think that that would be an amazing, amazing situation. All right. So price, these are our two, two homeboys here, Zach and, and Connor have given us six guys to look at. What are your thoughts on them? Any, any, any insights, any, any ideas into how they might fit? Yeah, I think, I think most of the guys you're talking about are all players that make sense for the cheese. Um, I was trying to look up right now. If I remember it, I don't think Thule met any of the Spags thresholds as far as size, height, or arm length goes. I'm going to have to go and look. Um, I was trying to pull that up right now. I, If anything, maybe it was one of the three that he didn't meet. Um, but, yeah, Mazzy Smith makes a lot of sense, right? We, You know, kind of going back to the same things that we said about uh, – Sean Robinson makes a lot of sense for Mazzy Smith and yeah Paris Johnson's probably the, your prototype I mean it and one thing to remember too I, I think we kind of forget because we haven't been picking in the top 15 for quite some time as Chiefs fans we kind of forget that like hey top 15 picks kind of bust sometimes too right it, it, it's completely possible so Paris Johnson feels like he probably has the safest floor um I Peter Skronsky obviously is another name. The concerns about his arm length and what he can do as an offensive line. I think if you're drafting Skronsky and you're a team that's an offensive lineman needy team, you absolutely are okay with getting Skronsky because you can't kick him inside. But for the Chiefs, I think that would a little bit be a little bit more high leverage situation there. Um, and Edouard, you know, it, him and Tuli kind of do have some similar attributes in the sense of like they have def- they they have 
really high ceiling as far as what they can do as athletes, as far as players do. But it's just going to be where are they playing and how are they playing? You know, are they playing? What what scheme do they fall in? What are they doing on first and second down? Are they rushing the pass? Are they not rushing the passer? Uh, but both players, especially Adobari, feels like someone that if you can, if they can be used correctly and fall into the right scheme, things could really ascend very quickly for them. So here's the thing with Tuli. Tuli measured in for the NFL Combine at 6'3", 266 pounds, 32 and a quarter arms, and 10 and one-eighth inch hands. Those are those are not bad measurements for a guy at his position to play. In comparison, George Karloftis last year measured at 6'4", 263 pounds, 32 and three-quarter inch arms, and 10 and one-quarter inch hands. So yeah, the, the- really – their measurements are really very similar between the two. Yeah, you're correct. The 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 only thing that was the hang up with him with his arm length is a little under kind of what the threshold has been in the past. But the height and weight are good. I, I must be thinking of someone else, so I stand corrected. Yeah, so so really a half inch difference between him and George Karloftis from last year on the arm length too. And so I think I, I'm telling you, Tuli, I'd pencil him in if if he's there when the Chiefs pick. And they have their level, and they have their tackle situation <laughs> sorted out. Um, okay, so let's move on a little bit here. We're going to be talking about we're talking about the draft here. We're going to get in our time machine really here, and we're going to imagine that we're in an alternate universe. It is actually Oscar night while we are um, recording this, and one of the movies that's up for best picture this year is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which kind of deals with a multiverse kind of philosophy. So for a minute, we're going to pretend that we're in a different universe, different timeline. And last year, the night before the draft, the Chiefs rookie class players of Sky Moore, Brian Cook, and George Karloftis were all three kidnapped and frozen in carbonite. And and, and they never showed up to the draft, so they were never taken. But, but fear not. Because Connor, Zach, Price, and Rocky are on the case to figure out what happened to these draft picks and these prospects. And the night before the draft in Kansas City this year, we, Indiana Jones style, broke in to the lair where they were being held captive. And we broke them out of the carbonite. And now they are now prospects for the 2023 draft class. Gentlemen, I'll start you guys off by asking you, Price, if Sky Moore was a draft pick in the 2023 draft class today. Where would he rank in this wide receiver class? Assuming for this activity, we've not seen any of their play in this past year, correct? Like we don't know anything about Sky Moore in the NFL. No, no, no. It's, it's purely on college tape because he's okay. been frozen in carbonite for, yeah, for 12 I just, months. Okay, I just want to make sure that way I, I was correct. Correct. Okay, so I think for Sky Moore, you know, all the things that rang true about him in, the, in last year's draft still ring true. A little bit undersized. Um, you're also kind of relying on him as far as winning at the release point because he doesn't have breakaway speed or vertical get up to go and get the ball at the contested catch point. And there's still the small school comparisons. Um, for me, I, I would probably have him at wide receiver seven or eight probably, which is right about where he went. You know, you firmly have got Quentin Johnston in front of him, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison. We can start having the conversation at Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers is ahead of him athletically um, and also, again, level of competition. But then we start getting into the Josh Downs. I think Jalen Hyatt would probably be in front of him too just because speed is so valued in the NFL. But after that, I think it's fair game between Cedric Tillman, Marvick Mims, Josh Downs. Um, and then, you know, like you're – He's definitely ahead of those players. I think 
really the thing with him is just what he shows as far as being able to get open and run routes. I think like those are skills that are not so well taught. They're not taught well, right? He's those are kind of an inept ability that he has to get open and and run routes effectively. I think that's the thing that you're buying there with the Chiefs and what they got from him this year just kind of shows that like they have a role for him, but it's certainly really defined. So I, I think if Sky Moore landed on a different team last year, the the outlook on him wouldn't be much higher. I think this year is going to tell us a lot about what they think about him. But yeah, I, I definitely think this is a wide receiver class that doesn't have the high upside that last year's class did with some of the players, but there's a lot of depth. Like, you know, if you're between wide receiver, like four and 12, I think there's a lot of good players. All right. So thank you so much, Price. I think I pretty much agree with you. Uh, I think he probably does fall in somewhere right around behind that Zay Flowers type of uh, range this year. Uh, moving on over to Zach. Zach, Brian Cook. If he you break Brian Cook out of Carbonite, he daps you up and says, thanks, man. You get him over to the draft. Where does he go in this draft? Well, I think he actually goes in a similar position to where he went in reality, which is uh, round two, pick 62 last season. Um, with how Cincinnati did in the 2021 um, college football season, it's really hard to say that any of the players that they had, um, especially after seeing the 2023 season and how much they fell off, um, would really change. So you're looking at Brian Cook, especially in this safety class, probably still round two. I'd probably say he's probably around round two. I think he's probably safety number two honestly behind uh brian branch in this class probably the only person i put ahead of him um on this one all right and connor last but not least you uh you 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 break furious george out of carbonite and he gives you that big furious george smile and says hey, thanks man and like gives you a big bear hug and you say let's get you to union station where does he go i think i know it's par for the course here but i think he goes roughly in the same place that late first round, I, I would have had him at my edge number six behind Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy. And then after that, there's kind of a big break in this draft. And then you've got the dudes like uh, BJ Ojaharley and uh, Will McDonald, those types. I think he's a tier above those, but a tier below um the the top echelon of this draft so kind of that final tier one or the top of tier two of the edge class this year yeah whether or not he'd be above miles murphy is it's really kind of interesting because i think that a lot of ways coming out there are very they're very much similar kind of prospects um as, as far as like the production and, and, and what they could do versus what they have done um a little bit and yeah, it's it's an interesting thought experiment. It's interesting to think that that even though, you know, where we took them, we would still probably take them in around the same area um, this year. All right. Well, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for the game of the week. We're gonna do a really quick uh, chat. So I, I spoke with Chat GPT this week, the AI software that is taking the world by storm, and I had it come up with a Mad Lib for us. So, guys, I'm gonna go down a list of uh questions you guys just give me 
a answer to these questions and I'll plug them into the old Chappy GPT 3000 Mad Lib generator machine and we will uh, see what it comes up with for an NFL draft pick uh, Mad Lib for draft night. All right, so uh, let's start off with Price. Price, give me the name of an NFL prospect. Uh, Zach Pickens, defensive tackle. All right, got it. Okay, let's go back around to uh, Zach. Zach, can you give me the name of a college? South Carolina. Perfect. All right, let's uh, flip it back up around uh, Price. Price, how about you give me an adjective? I'm going to go strong. We'll go easy, strong. You're going to go with strong. Okay, perfect. Sounds great. And then, uh, uh, Connor, can you give me the name of a vehicle? Let's go with Suburban. Perfect, perfect. Zach, give me a noun. Waffle House. Perfect. Uh, Price, give me a verb ending in ing. Climbing. Perfect. All right. Uh, Connor, give me an old lady name. Ooh, I'll my uh, my great-grandma Goldie. Perfect. I love that name, Goldie. All right. Uh, Zach, give me a type of house. Duplex. Perfect. And uh, Price, give me a uh, baby animal. Well, my son has been obsessed with ducks lately, so I'm going to say duckling. All right. And then we're going to go quickly here. Give me a defensive tackle, Connor. Chris Jones. Oh, we're, all right, perfect. Thank you so much. And then uh, give me a famous person, Zach. Pierce Brosnan. All right. And uh, Price, give me a food item. Oh, I'm going to go with pizza. What I had for dinner. Perfect. And then uh, give me an NFL team, Connor. We'll go with the Lions. Perfect. And then give me a verb, Carter. Uh, let's see. I'll go with spend. All right. And uh, Zach, give me another verb. We'll go with uh, dissolve. Awesome. And then adjective, Connor. Organic. All right. And a feeling price. Satisfied. All right. Let me get these uh, all added into the chat GPT Mad Lib. 3000 and see what it comes up with uh cue the uh the music the uh boo boo da pa 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 that's the uh, dial up for chat gpt all right all right it's got our results for us here we go you guys ready for our nfl draft chat gpt mad lib with the answers provided by you guys here we go i'll read it off to you once upon a time zach pickens was a strong football player at South Carolina, dreaming of being drafted just like his hero, Chris Jones. But he wanted to go in the first round of the NFL draft. He was feeling very satisfied as he drove to the draft in his Suburban, thinking about all the hard work and dedication that led him to this moment. As he walked into Union Station, he couldn't help but notice the place smelled like Waffle House, and the air was climbing into a level of excitement. He felt that as though all of his dreams were about to come true as the, as the possibility of being drafted by his hometown team, the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe became a reality. The draft was being catered by the newest barbecue joint in Kansas City, Big Goldie's Meat Duplex. So he decided to stuff his face with a plate of smoked pizza. As he, act, as he ate, he reflected on the lifetime of challenges he had faced that led him to this day, and he was, as, he was as proud of his accomplishments like that time he fought a wild herd of ducklings. As the draft began, he felt his heart dissolve as he waited to hear his name called. He watched as team after team made their selections, finally heard the announcer say, 
With the 52nd pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Zach Pickens, the talented, organic defensive tackle from South Carolina. He felt a rush of satisfaction as he walked up to the stage to receive his jersey and hugged Roger Goodell. He felt just like Pierce Brosnan at the Boston Tea Party. There we go. I I gotta say, like there there's a lot to take in there, a lot to break down. First off, and first off, smoked pizza is actually pretty good. If if you've if you've ever had it, like I've put a frozen pizza on a smoker before. I know it sounds like volatile, but it's actually very good. Um, just kind of gives it that a nice little smoky flavor. Second off, Union Station has smelt like Waffle House for a long time now. <laughs> this is nothing new, okay? If you were actually, it smelt like s- something else at the parade. Um, but we won't get into that. Smelt <laughs> smelt very skunky that day uh, at the parade. But and then like lastly, fifty two to the Lions. I mean, come on, that 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 sounds completely realistic. They could definitely use a player like Zach Pickens. I, I'm on board with this. At the parade, it was smelling like that Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, the Philly Blunt. That's what it smelled like. Um, yeah, and also the. Uh, I mean, in Kansas City, the the barbecue market is brutal. So Goldie's Meat Duplex. I mean, you you got to have a creative name to to. You can't you know listen to them. Gates, Joe's, Q thirty nine. You got to go big with the name. So Goldie's Meat Duplex. I won't knock it if they sell burn ends. I'm there. Connor, would your great grandmother open up a meat duplex? Oh, absolutely. Put it outside closer to like Raytown, meat duplex close to the stadium. Absolutely. I just want to know what's on the other side of that duplex. It's probably a liquor store if it's in Raytown. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to move on. Otherwise, we can't, we can't spend all day on, on chat GPT, Mad Lib games of the week. We're going to talk sleepers really quick. It's time for sleepers of the week. Let's start out with uh, Connor. Who's your sleeper of the week today? I've got Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver from uh, Ole Miss. I look at him kind of like a dollar discount A.J. Brown. Uh, 6'2", 215, had a RAS score of 9.93, 40. Dude can kind of do it all. I I could see him kind of fitting into that Juju Smith-Schuster role on the Chiefs. Well, I am on record as saying I am a huge Jonathan Mingo fan. I think if the Chiefs get any wide receiver in this draft not named at perry i want it to be jonathan mingo just because i am the at perry official at perry fan club i know that i am also the unofficial hillary duff fan club but i am the official at perry fan club um zach who do you got buddy not really a sleeper at this point but i gotta i i just gotta lift up my guy at a tamwa at a wabare because you know he's He's got all the physicals. He's just really, really raw. He didn't have the numbers that you would want at Northwestern. But, I mean, come on. Northwestern won one game last season. And they didn't even win it in the U.S. So, he's 6'2", 282, had a 1.61 split, 37.5-inch vert. He's just flying up draft boards. And his relative athletic score was a 9.84. So... I got to hype up my guy from North Kansas City. I love a guy with a high ras. That's nothing gets you, nothing gets your eyes a popping like a guy with a high ras. Um, all right. So, Price, I know you always got the deep cuts. Hit me with a deep cut this week. I want to know a guy that nobody else knows about. 
Well, I don't know about all that. We got some pretty knowledgeable people in the fan base here, but I'm going to go with wide receiver as well. Uh, Matt Landers from Arkansas is a guy that I see that could really fill the Justin Watson role for the Chiefs very, very well. Um, he has kind of struggled to put it together on tape as far as, you know, you kind of struggle with, like, do you value athleticism? Do you value production? He's someone that you're definitely looking at the the combine results and what you see with him there doesn't necessarily match up with what's on film, but there could be some reasons for that. First off, he's 6'4 and 200 pounds. With that weight, he was still able to run one of the fastest 40s of the of the whole, he's the third fastest 40 yard dash of the whole combine with a 37 inch vertical and a 1.54 10 yard split. He really kind of gives off some discount, like McCall Hardman slash Justin Watson vibes. Uh, you know, Justin Watson played a lot of snaps for the Chiefs this year. He's likely going to be a day three guy. Some of his struggles are he does struggle to get free releases. Not a super developer outrunner, but when he does get free, he has the breakaway speed. Um, and, and he's, you know, is a been a big part of several big plays for Arkansas. He's a guy that I could really see the Chiefs using kind of the way that they've used some of their heavy personnel players like that you know even though they're not close to the same player at all uh the way that they use justin watson or uh the tight ends to kind of motion around the back and then come up and do a wheel route or something like that like they've done that with anthony sherman they could absolutely get him if they can get him free releases he could be a real useful player i, I think he would be a great player for the chiefs to come home with on day three i tell you what i love some matt landers i'm not i'm not angry with him as being as being your uh, sleeper of the week, I think that he's a guy that could, who has a lot of upside. Whose best football is is ahead of him. My sleeper of the week is Charlie Jones out of the Purdue Boilermakers. He looks at, I mean, and when you watch him play, you got you think to yourself, is that Wes Welker out there on the field? Um, he's five eleven. Um, he ran a four four three forty yard dash, but his production is just off the charts. He runs such great routes. He's a slot receiver. Um, but he's just so crisp and he does not drop a single pass thrown his way. He had 110 receptions this year for 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns for a 12.4 average. The guy just moves chains. All he does is catch balls that are thrown at him. Um, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he's fast enough and big enough to play in the slot and to be a really useful player. And he's not a guy who's going to go high in the draft. Like you were talking probably fifth round pick for this guy. And I think that if, that if you get him in the fifth round that you're looking at, at a guy who can who can help right off the bat because he's a really smart and savvy football player. Um, well, this has been a great week, guys. We have, we're running a little low on time, so let's go ahead and we're gonna we're gonna power through. We're gonna start to wrap things up. And as always, with all of our guests, you guys get your guest spotlight. Thank you so much for being on today's show, Zach and Connor. You guys have been awesome. You guys are our awesome, you know, con contributors over at Arrowhead Pride. You've been awesome on the show today. So let's start it off. Zach, what do you got going on? What do you want to talk about? Anything that you want to talk about right now as far as the draft, free agency, Chiefs, whatever, any crazy ideas you've got about what the Chiefs should do, hit us with them right now. The floor is yours. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank you all for having me on. Um, it's really been a great time, and I want to I want to be podcasting for a while yet which leads me into what I want to kind of plug and That's my own podcast that I'll be starting up here soon called Fountain City Sports. Be talking all things Chiefs, Royals, Tigers, Mizzou Tigers, and maybe from time to time talking about the NBA. So it's me and a friend doing all that, and that's all I got. All right. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Connor, switching over to you. The floor is yours. You know, Let us know. What do you got? 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me again. This has been amazing. Uh, I just want to plug my Twitter, at Arrowhead Connor. Um, I have not had a lot of time to write or get into podcasts since the the Super Bowl. Got a lot of things going on. But I'm really going to start ramping up the the more advanced analytics side of the, the Chiefs offense, defense, NFL. Uh, you're going to see a lot of content coming out of me pretty soon. I've got things kind of full steam ahead right now. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, both you guys. You guys have made this this episode of each season, you know, just, you know, top of the notch, cream of the crop, rise to the top. Uh, Price, take us home, buddy. What do you, you got? Any, uh, what do you, what do you got? You got anything on your mind as we wrap up this episode? Have fun watching the rest of the NFL yet again, perform an arms race just to beat the Chiefs because that's that's all it's going to be. The AFC, they're already doing it. Jalen Ramsey's a Miami Dolphin. They're all going to do this, all this, so they can beat Patrick Mahomes on one ankle with a seventh-round rookie running back and a bunch of scrubs at wide receiver. You heard it here, guys. I can't wait until the end of next week when uh, the San Diego Chargers and the Oakland Raiders sign a couple of players and all of a sudden that they're picked to win the AFC West next year. I, I am I am – I just cannot wait till somebody pisses off Patrick Mahomes enough to make him go off like he did this past year. Um, that's our show for today. Um, like I said, check out everything that Price, Zach, and Connor and myself have going on over Arrowhead Pride as we ramp up closer to the draft and with free agency coming out. We're really just going to be hitting you guys with content every single day, just a set of steady stream of breaking things down for you guys. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. The editor show is back this week on Wednesdays. So make sure you check out Pete and John as they bring, you know, probably some of the smartest insights that there is in football and not just sheets football, just across the board. Those guys are the best in the game. And if you're not listening to them, you should be. And then also Fridays, our boy Ron cop jr. His, his draft podcast drops as well and comes out. So make sure you're checking him out. Um, Keep an eye on everything. Things are going to get exciting really fast here, guys. Um, we love five-star reviews. If you if you feel like uh, the privilege of your time was honored by us, you know, giving you guys an interesting episode here, then please drop us a five-star review. I am Rocky Magania at Rocky Magania. We have Zach Gunter at Zach Gunter 08. We have he's Connor Helm at, at Arrowhead Connor. And then my main amigo is always Price Carter with at Arrowhead Price. This is Veach Season, baby. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.